0: Okay, friend, I have to say that I have always dreamed of living in a spacious place, of having an old house with a big garden, maybe an orchard, a trail that leads up to a mountain path. Doesn't that sound amazing? But the truth is, I live in a small arkansas town outside of little rock we live in a cul-de-sac there is a fire hydrant in our front lawn (laughs) i mean all the things i don't have a garden in fact um i think i would probably kill everything that i planted but we do want to have those spacious places we want to know that we can make a difference we could cultivate places of comfort and beauty and peace Well, thankfully, we don't need to live on our own estate to have these things, and I'll be talking about that today with my new friend, Christy Perfoy, and we'll be talking about her book, Placemaker. She invites us to notice our soul's desire for beauty, our need to create, and to be created again and again I'd love hearing her journey of how God did lead her to a spacious place but then how those places open up to all of us that we can all just realize that the beauty is around us now I may not have a huge garden or an orchard but we do have flowers on our front patio and I love going out there and just taking time to be still and be quiet and be before God and I think that is what you're gonna get out of today's Uh, show with Christy, that we don't have to have the big spacious places to really cultivate our connection with God through nature. And I know you will enjoy today. So here we go.
1: You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart to heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Tricia Goyer.
0: Well, friends, at Walk It Out today, I am having a guest that I haven't met in person. I would love to. In fact, I would love just to sit on her front porch, and you'll find out more in a little bit. But I want to welcome Christy Purifoy, and she is here talking about her new book. Placemaker. So, welcome, Christy. Oh, thank you so much, Trisha. I would love to have you over.
2: I could just imagine uh, sitting on the front porch in the rocking chairs and having a good conversation.
0: Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> that would be great. I love Pennsylvania, and I know that's where you're where you're at. That's right, um, Somerset. I've been driven around there, and. Um, I've written a lot of Amish books, so the Amish communities in the area are just so fun, too. That's
2: right. Yeah, we're not too far from Amish country, just a few minutes down the road. So it's just so beautiful. I just feel incredibly blessed to live where I do.
0: I love that so much. So, just start by telling us maybe a little bit about yourself and your family.
2: Absolutely. Well, yes, my name is Christy, and I'm a writer and a gardener. And about six years ago, we uh, came home to this old red brick farmhouse called Maplehurst. And it's been a work in progress ever since. A work in progress on the house and a work in progress on my heart. <laughs> and uh, I wrote a book called Placemaker, where I really tried to uh, just kind of wrestle with what I felt was the calling on my life to, to tend places, love places, and share them with other people. And I hope that the book inspires um, others to do the same.
0: Oh, I love that. No, I love that you have a house with a name. Right. <laughs> so <Yeah>. So <laughs> I was thinking about that. When I think about the interview, I'm like, what would we name the big house with all the noisy kids and the dogs? <laughs> would be like, hard, I don't know. I, I can't I need to think about that a little bit more. <laughs> um, we're at the end of a cul-de-sac. And there's always like people are like, are they all yours? Because oh. We've adopted seven. And I'm like, Yes, they're all mine. I think
2: you could come up with such a fun name. I really, I want to revive that tradition. So I don't know if I would have had the courage to do it on my own. We did it. We, you know, we inherited the name with the house. It's been called Maplehurst for at least a hundred years, but I think everyone should love their house enough to give it a name, whether it's teeny tiny or big, whether it's noisy or quiet. Um, Our homes serve us well, and I think they deserve to have names. So go for it. Yeah. I'm going to be thinking about that.
0: I'll have to think about something, <laughs> Broadmoor or uh, something. Love I it. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Placemaker, and as I've been reading through, I mean, your writing is so beautiful. Um, I would just love to know, and first of all, like Placemaker, I think that's just even a cool title. Tell us a little bit about what the word means to you and then why you wanted to write about this. sure. You know, it it
2: is a good word, isn't it? I I landed on it because I felt for a long time that I needed a word that was more spacious than um, a word that might be more familiar to us, like homemaker. Um, You know, homemaker is a great word, and I do think of myself as a homemaker, but we tend to use that word, I think, for more specific things. You know, we tend to use it maybe just for women or um, those who work, um, you know, from home. And uh, yes, yeah, so I just wanted a bigger word that would capture not only my love for home, but also my love for the garden. And also, you know, a word that was just big enough for men and women, big enough for introverts or extroverts, big enough for those who are maybe tending their own home garden and maybe those who are tending, you know, volunteering at the the park in their neighborhood or on their city block. I, I just, um, yeah, I, I really, I think placemaker is a good name for the God who made us, if we think about it. I mean, God yeah. loves places. He created special places like the garden or the promised land. And so I think this idea of placemaking helps tap into, um, you know, that, that part of ourselves that that bears the image of of our creator God.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about Homemaker or, you know, all those things that really, I think it can almost have a negative connotation. You know, we're just folding laundry and and doing the dishes and all those sorts of things. And I love you said in there, we plant seeds or saplings in neat rows. We prune limbs and we tend soil. We do not make the the trees. I'm, I'm writing my own handwriting here, <laughs> reading my own handwriting, but we make a place for them. Like the God whom we belong, we are placemakers. And I just love, it's that sense of tending more than just, you know, I think so many times we can just get busy in the busyness yeah. of life and the folding the laundry and cooking dinner. But really, what does it mean to you to really tend the life that we've been given. Yeah,
2: exactly. I think, you know, the, the word routine can sound like drudgery. It can sound like a burden, a negative thing. And I've really discovered such a such beauty in the routines. The routines can be a gift. They can be a way of like connecting and reconnecting and reconnecting with God and with our neighbors. And um, so, you know, I, I feel like it's gardening that's taught me that, honestly, but it applies to mm-hmm. so much beyond um, the garden. And this book is really for, and the idea of placemaking is for those who, um, who also loved to garden. But even for those who say, nope, not for me, I've got a black thumb. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I love um, – I was listening on your podcast with Lisa Jo Baker, which um, – now, what's the name yeah. of that? Because I, I would love my listeners to go and yeah, check that it out, too. Yeah, it's called
2: Out of the Ordinary Podcast, and the idea really is that we're just sharing stories about tending our ordinary lives, because that's really the soil where anything extraordinary is going to grow. So rather than sort of setting our sights on the, the big thing, the extraordinary thing, we really feel like um, – paying close attention to the ordinary things and the day-to-day things um, is, is you know, what's going to allow those ex- more extraordinary stories to grow. So yeah, every Wednesday we just, we, we trade stories about ordinary
0: life. I love that. So, you know, I was listening and you talked about your grass yes. <laughs> that you planted in the windowsill. So I would love for you to share that story because I think when we talk about you know, gardening and placemaking, you know, like you said, some people might think I have a black thumb, I kill everything, but really it's just the small things, those small seeds that take root that make a difference. And we live in a subdivision and we have, our yard is all kid. I mean, it's just dirt and hardly any grass. It's just, you know, zip line and soccer balls, but our front yard My husband loves to grow little flowers Mm. and we have plants and he prunes and you know, it's just it's very small little area. But I think it's so important and I love that's why I want you to share the story of the grass that That's we can see. That's right. I shared that story
2: in the podcast and it's also there in the book Placemaker. And, um, it's a story of when, so I spent 10 years, I live in this old farmhouse now, but I spent 10 years living in the city of Chicago on the South side of Chicago, 10 really good, good years. I loved that city so much, but the winter, you know, some of our listeners might know the winters are long in Chicago. And you know, <laughs> by the end of the winter, I was so desperate for spring and for green growing things. And I was not even a gardener at that point, but. Um, a friend of mine said that she had started growing grass seeds, like wheatgrass seeds, in yogurt containers on her windowsill. And when I heard that, I, first of all, I was shocked. I thought, who, what? <laughs> who, would, who would even think of that? And then I immediately saw the appeal because, um, you know, by February or March, you, you dream of green grass, but it just feels like it'll never come back again. So I started doing that. I, I got some a packet of wheatgrass seeds and some old yogurt containers, some potting soil from the local hardware store, and I started growing grass on the windowsill. And it wasn't for, you know, I wasn't harvesting it to make green smoothies or anything. No, I I just wanted
1: to touch the grass and (laughs) I would sniff
2: it with scissors and then it would you'd get that, you know, fresh cut grass smell. (laughs) But, you know, the the reason I tell that story is because I think um, so much of, of our placemaking comes out of our desires. So for me at that time, it was a desire for Mm -hmm. spring and it was a desire for green growing things. And I wasn't a gardener and I couldn't make spring come any faster, but I I did listen to that desire. And and my friend, um, maybe with God's help, you know, gave me that little nudge to, to do that in that very small, ordinary way. Um, I created something that I think it was simple, but I think it was really beautiful on the windowsill. So a part of placemaking for me is just listening to our desires and understanding some of them, like, you know, desire for beauty or, um, you know, peace in our home, like those desires could be planted in us by God. And if we listen to them and we, we, we sort of walk in them, um, you know. All kinds of beautiful things might grow.
0: Yeah, and I love that. I think even those little, you know, small. You said yogurt <laughs> containers with grass seeds. It just gives you a glimpse yeah. of God's creation. And I know, you know, I love like sitting on the porch in the spring or summer with my grandma. She's mm. eighty-nine and lives with us. And I'll put her wheelchair out there, and she she has dementia. So every three minutes, it's like the cycle. She's like. The garden looks so beautiful today. And she goes and she'll ask me about all the flowers. What kind is that? And then, you know, so we'll go through it and then three minutes later, it is so beautiful. But it just makes me realize like just appreciate it. You know, I can get busy with my life. And I think all of us can get busy with our lives, but it is just pausing and just like connecting with God and just appreciating his creation. It just does something with our own like intentionality, just seeing like he is so intentional in all that he's made That's and we can right. like join what him in A beautiful
2: example of that, I think maybe older people or younger people, children in our lives, they um, maybe do this more naturally and you're right, we should absolutely learn from them. We I you know it's, that was really actually one of the main motivations for me to write this book cuz I know that we are all just busy, we are rushing through this life and all around us are these glorious trees created by God and scripture tells us like those trees are clapping their hands and singing praises. And I just thought, I want to slow down and try to listen to those trees and sort of capture in these stories what I'm hearing Mm -hmm. and help my, my readers to hear those songs of praise as well. And so if someone, I feel like my job will be done if someone turns, you know, the last page on this book and they look out their window and maybe they see for the first time the trees that are out there and they think about the God who created them and, um, and they, take the time to just sit in the shade and listen to the breeze and the leaves, then I feel like, okay,
0: my, you know, my, my, my book was a success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I love how you talk about, you know, that the trees are there, like they clap their hands, they're worshiping God. I mean, there's such a testimony of that. And we have great big mm. oaks, oaks, trees outside our backyard. And, um, you know, they just change with the seasons and they're so beautiful. Um, and it's just, it is, it's those moments where you just pause mm-hmm. and you look at the new leaves or you look at the fall colors and, and just realize like God has this whole thing under control. And I think, you know, when we have our TV on or we're always yeah. on our phone, like we miss that and we miss that connection with God. So how would you encourage people, um, you know, spe- especially busy families today um, to just be, be diligent about. Um, focusing on what God's done, His creation, the trees... And being a placemaker mm-hmm. in your own well, I, lives. I just encourage
2: everyone to remember that beauty is an invitation. So beauty is not like the cherry on top of the ice cream or this extra thing or this, oh, when we have time, it's nice if something's pretty. But beauty is really an invitation from a God who is himself so beautiful and um, reveals himself to us through beauty. And so when we see something beautiful or when we're longing for something beautiful, stop, pay attention, Um receive it as is like a, a nudge from our creator and just be in that moment for a while so whether that's something beautiful in nature or you know the beauty of your small child or you know uh wherever however that beauty comes to us i think um i don't know we, we can be too maybe um you know efficient and practical and a little utilitarian in our approach to life mm-hmm. and the world and beauty is is really about disrupting all of that and slowing us down and reminding us of of a i think a, a heavenly reality um reminding us of god's glory reminding us of what sort of just always there on the other side of that veil and um it surrounds us and when we rush by when we don't um when we don't pause to appreciate it it's like we're not i don't know we're we're focused on (laughs) these tiny little details as if they're the whole world and we're we're like missing the point of it all or something it's just it's such a shame so but you know also i'd say i don't want to um it's like, I don't want it to be another to-do or another chore or another task. And so I really hope that this book, um, Like Beauty Itself, is just more of an invitation. And you know, when you get an invitation that just sounds so... Enjoyable. It's a pleasure to say yes. It's a pleasure to respond. And so I think the invitation offered uh, by beauty and nature and and just beautiful moments is is an invitation that most of us, um, once we kind of have our attention drawn to it are are just happy and and you know, willing to to say yes, yes, I will stop, I will pay attention. I'll slow down even if it's just for this moment.
0: Yeah, and I love that. And you know people might say, okay, she sounds <laughs> like she has the perfect life. she has the old farmhouse the garden the writing desk but you also have four children (laughs) so it's you know so it's not like you spend all of your time just you know sitting at your you know on your porch of your farmhouse Mm -hmm. or at your writing desk talk about that because it is a reality you know we have kids and we have busy lives and what is the balance that you found in being a busy mom and then also um being a placemaker yeah well you know those who read
2: the book will will see me um failing I would say quite miserably to find that balance for a long long time and uh, you know one of the kind of a, a thread that weaves itself throughout placemaker is the the story of um, you know coming to Maplehurst and really feeling like it was this dream come true this farmhouse we've been dreaming of and then being completely Overwhelmed by the experience, um, it discovering that the repairs that were needed, and and the money it would cost, and the time, and the expert help we would need. I mean, literally, the house was crumbling around us, mm. and I I thought maybe we have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> and this was actually already after I had written a book about the house called Roots right. in the Sky. <laughs> And You're the, like, you know, oh no! How, no wait,
0: right, what have I done?
2: <laughs> but I really, I thought this this place might be the end of us. It, this might have been the most foolish thing that we've ever done. And so the book tells the story of kind of working through that and discovering that. That yes, if God calls us to a work like placemaking, it will be beyond us. It will feel impossible. We we won't in our own strength be able to find that balance of caring for a place and caring for the people in it, which is always really tricky. Um, And so, you know, so the book really chronicles me coming to the end of myself and then discovering that God would provide a community to do the placemaking mm. with me. So I think that's important. You know, we we uh, you know, we we talk a lot about DIY and we really um we really admire that and we give the awards right to the people who do it themselves and um you know, especially when it comes to to homemaking and placemaking and uh I had to learn how to let that go and say, "Oh, actually no. I I am not going to remake this place. I am not I don't have what it takes, um but with the help of other people." we we might be able to cultivate something beautiful here. So part of that, you you brought up children in particular, and and part of the things that um, has been a particular joy and a particular challenge here is that we really do try to involve our our kids in the life of this place and in the tending of it. And, um, you know, that means we often get a lot of, Resistance, you know, my boys don't love going out to help me with the chickens, and if their water freezes on a cold morning, or you know, my kids yeah. have never wanted to help out in the gardens, for instance, unless the strawberries are ripe. <laughs> um, but but we still feel like together we are involved in um the making of something and in the sharing of something, and they're a part of that too. So it's not always a tug of war between family and place. Sometimes the the two come together and the 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 family as a whole gets to um, shape the place and then offer it to others through hospitality. Yeah.
0: And I love that. And I want to, before we move on to hospitality, which I do want to get there. And I think it's so important to just involve kids and this is our home. This is our home. Together, and I just yes. read. I was just like scrolling Facebook this morning. It said something like kids don't do chores anymore with some article. I didn't even go read it, but it talked about you know parents uh-huh. are so busy that kids don't have time for chores because all the kids have to these yeah. activities. And our kids, I mean, they are doing dishes, they're doing laundry, they're picking up the dog poop in the backyard. I mean, they are doing yeah. chores. But I'm like, we're a family. Like we're all gonna work together. We all reap the rewards right. together. And I think that's so important. And so it's not even you know we don't have. A garden in the back but my kids are out there and we're weeding in the front in the little flower bed with dad Mm -hmm. and we're doing these together and I think that is so important to give kids that this is our home this is our family and then when people do come over it's like that ownership too of welcome to our home it's not not like this is mom's thing that she's done but it's like welcome to our home
2: Uh, Well said. That's exactly it.
0: So let's talk a little bit about hospitality because I think that's another thing I think in our day and age, people just don't make time for and they feel like we -hmm. need to have everything perfect. And so talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about that and like what you've discovered on your journey.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like I've always... um, been drawn to hospitality. I feel like I've been pretty good about sharing my home uh, with others, but it hasn't always been easy, mostly because I'm I'm an introvert. <laughs> so I I do uh you know value my my time alone and, and that's can be hard to come by with four kids. Um and I think, you know, the other thing that's been so great for me about, you know, really dis- discovering this this idea of placemaking is that I started to realize that I I'm showing hospitality not only in the moment of of sharing my home with another person, like having you know, say someone over for dinner, or there was a time actually here um, at Maplehurst where we had a young woman living with us. So, you know that 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 there's a, those specific you know kinds of hospitality. But when I'm alone in my garden and I am you know taking care of the flowers. I, I as an introvert, I'm soaking up that alone time, but I'm also tending those flowers with other people in mind, Mm -hmm. knowing that another day someone will be in that garden with me, or maybe even just wandering on their own, and they'll be uh, able to, you know, rest or just feel a sense of renewal because there's beautiful flowers, and so I know that that's an kind of hospitality I am offering them, even if in that moment when they receive it, I, I'm not there. Maybe I'm up in the kitchen, you know, working on dinner and they're out in the garden on their own. Um, and so it's kind of opened my eyes to all the ways that we can be hospitable and practice hospitality and share our places with others. Even if, you know, whether we're extroverts who just love the the party atmosphere or we're, or we're introverts Um uh, yeah, you know, another great thing is sometimes here when we have people over, you you talked about involving our kids in the tending of a place. And I can tell you, I've had some of the best conversations with visitors um, while they were helping me pick apples or do some weeding, uh, you know, so even, or, you know, um, collecting the, the eggs from the chickens or the ducks. So, you know, that might look very different, you know, where, depending on where, uh, you know, you're living, but there are ways, I think, to involve our guests in our lives. And that means involving them and letting kind of opening the door on the messy in between, you know, not so pretty stuff as well. Um, you know, that was certainly the case when we had this young woman living with us, she, you know, she saw everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'll tell you, I'm still being stretched. I I'm, am considering, um, We've recently built or kind of rebuilt a a small barn on our property, and we would love to have host gatherings there. But it's going to be a long while before um, anything is finished or looking so great. You know, we we need to slowly like build a bathroom and build some tables. And um, but I do feel this this I don't know this invitation to go ahead and invite people in, and it won't be easy for me to share the space when it's messy and in process and, you know, not looking perfectly beautiful, but I know that that's important and that that, that's a real hospitality, right? When we're um, willing to invite people in without having to have this sort of protection of, you know, beautiful perfection, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which I can totally attest to that. You know, we raised three kids um, to adulthood before we adopted seven more and you know I with the three I was pretty much able to keep the house clean you know and we yeah. we had um you know it, people I didn't have people come by and pretty much it was clean and then the more kids we added through adoption it got to the point where like people come to the door I'm like please don't ask to come in because there's just, <laughs> yeah. there's just piles of shoes and dirt from them trailing in from the backyard yeah. and all those things and um, I remember one day I was doing laundry and I just felt like so stressed. Like I can't stay mm-hmm. on top of this. And I felt God saying, I love you just as much as, you know, when the house is a complete mess as I do when the house is perfectly clean. Like it's not dependent. And I, I thought of my friends too. Yeah. Like they don't care. I mean, they know my, you know, my friends know yeah. that we've adopted these kids. And now I just say, kick the shoes out of the way, come on in. <laughs> and it really is um, instead of us trying to look good, it's offering of ourselves. And, you know, of course I want to have, you know, a good snack or I love cooking dinner. Like meals are my favorite thing. And so I'm going to, you know, fill their tummies, but I'm, you know, I can't guarantee you that there's not going to be a pile of shoes by the front door. And I think that's okay. Cause it's really not about us and how good we look. It's about the right. conversation and it's about right. getting to know people. And, um, it's interesting because, uh, we homeschool and I was just reading, we were reading some missionary stories set in China and our pastor, um, He's a Christian and he's, his family's Chinese, he's Chinese. And I ended up texting him and, you know, as like we paused between reading books and I thought, um, I asked him, I said, when did your family become Christian? Cause I know his grandparents are Christian. And I just wondered, like, cause we were reading these stories and he goes, I would love to sh- come and share it with your family. So we set up a time and, um, a couple of weeks, he's going to come over. He's putting pictures together and just share with our family. And I thought, you know, unless I mean, I opened my home. My kids are, would miss out on all of that, like yes. to hear like how his, I think it was his great grandfather um, became a Christian and then now it's this whole generation and now he's our pastor. But, you know, it just takes like inviting people in and I know the house isn't going to be perfect, but it's not about that. It's about hearing his story and my kids being able to hear this story of faith. And um, I think that's that's what you're talking about, these deep roots. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not just the surface level living, but really going deeper.
2: And I think actually that that's where the truest beauty is found. So beauty is not actually this sort of perfect, pristine. Pinterest or HGTV look, you know, beauty is life and, and the lived in home and the home that is cared for and loved. Um, that's beautiful. And so I, you know, for instance, in my own life, I, you know, I told a story about how I, um, how embarrassed I was of the brilliant. Orange 70s laminate countertops in one of our first apartments. And I was just a young woman and I just didn't like that color. And and how over time I, I learned like, wow, those counters served me well. And yeah. I could put a jar of flowers on them and they looked great, you know? And it was how I used that kitchen that mattered so much more than having whatever the latest countertop trend is because that'll change tomorrow yeah. you know <laughs> so it's really about our, our perception of beauty and I've seen my own my own understanding of beauty change and evolve and, and I think mature and deepen into something that is uh, a truer beauty
0: yeah and we were talking about kids earlier and they are watching us yeah like they're watching um what we're doing, how we interact. It's so funny. Yesterday I was putting on makeup and my kids are like, where are you going? And I'm like, oh "Oh my goodness, this is so bad. (laughs) They know I'm, I was going to the grocery store, but they know, but they're so familiar. Like if they see us like getting frantic, if we're going to have people over, I mean, they can see the difference if we're just enjoying life yeah, or or really getting overwhelmed and doing it just for a show.
2: Yeah. You know, one thing Lisa Jo Baker and I talked about on our podcast not too long ago was the the stories we tell about the places we live are stories that our, our children will internalize and adopt. And um, she talked about how they lived in some places that, you know, weren't so great, had some problems, and she would often complain about it. And then she would hear her kids saying the same thing, like, oh, remember that place? And, you know, how awful it was. And she realized, I don't think they they thought it was awful while we were there, but they've heard my complaints mm. and they've heard how, the language I used to talk about these places. And, um, and so that meant a lot to me. And I thought I need to be careful too, because as someone who's always, you know, trying to improve a place or maybe do the work, the good work of restoration, I can, um, I can let that slip into my talk in ways that, that, that show, you know, that I don't appreciate, um, the space I've been given and how well it serves us. So, uh, yeah, you're right. The kids are watching and they're listening.
0: Yeah, um, I was just thinking just the other day I was getting overwhelmed like this place is such a mess and the three kids that were with me they pause and look around like they're really just seeing it for the first time oh, yeah. like they're having fun they're enjoying life so like oh I guess it is a mess but, <laughs> yeah. but you know I mean that is they just in the moment they're enjoying themselves and yeah. you know they're they don't have the same perceptions that we have. Yep. Mm. <laughs> so as we wrap this up, what do you hope that a reader would walk away with? Um, after they close the last page of Placemaker,
2: you know what I really hope is that they would close the book and they would look around, and whether they are fully happy with the place, you know, where they live, or they've been very unhappy because often that's the case. We might be really unhappy with, um, you know, the ground beneath our feet and the place where we're currently planted. Um, so whether um, they love their place easily or not, I hope they will look around and see it with new eyes, and maybe begin to see it with something more like God's eyes. Uh, we know that you know when it comes to humans, God isn't fooled by outward appearances, but He sees the heart. And I think in a certain way, we we should look at our places um, with those same those same eyes, as eyes that look a little bit deeper. And I hope that they'll um, be inspired then to to care for their place. Place to mm. tend it, to share it, to cultivate it, and to trust that there will be a harvest of of peace and comfort and beauty available to them. Because God made this whole earth; He loves this whole earth and everyone in it. And so, there's no place that is um, outside of His care and His love. And I think that should be true for us as well. So, um, I hope that my readers will see their own homes and their own places. Um, whether they own a house or they rent or live in the country or live in the city that they'll see it with new eyes and they'll be inspired to love their place as well.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I know just I'm talking today and, and i you know reading through the book. Um, you've opened my eyes to that. So I appreciate oh, thank that. Thank you. you so much.
2: Thank you. That's good to hear.
0: Yeah. And Chrissy, I would just love for you to share. Um, we talked about the podcast so maybe remind uh, listeners where they can find that, but where else can people find you and connect with you?
2: Sure. Well, one place I love to connect with people is on Instagram. I feel like it's another way I can kind of open the door here at Maplehurst and, and, show a bit of online hospitality. So your listeners could find me at Christy Purifoy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E um, on Instagram. And of course on my website, christypurifoy.com and definitely the Out of the Ordinary podcast, which is on iTunes and other podcast platforms. And Lisa Jo Baker and I share conversations there every Wednesday. And Placemaker will be out March 12th. So I hope, um, yeah, I hope some of your listeners will will be able to pick it up.
0: Well, definitely. I know that they will. So thank you, Christy, so much for being here and just sharing your heart with us today. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for showing me hospitality. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so thankful that I had a chance to talk to Christy today. What joy that she brings. I love sharing her story about just that first little grass seed that she started in her windowsill and how that just connected her, her with God and connected her With nature. I just love how she continues to just remind us that we can connect with God. We can seek His goodness wherever we are, that we don't need our own property, although it would be nice that we can have a holy pursuit right where we are. Have a mini retreat just with a little plant that you buy um in her book she says we can cultivate dwellings of peace for ourselves for others and for the glory of the one who first made us and placed us in a garden and I am encouraged today just to cultivate peace in my own home. I have a busy home. I have lots of kids, but I can turn to God and I can cultivate beautiful places right where I am. Now, today's walking It Up verse is Psalm 37, 3 through 4, and this is in the New International Version. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I just love how from those first beginnings um, of those little grass seeds, God grew that and gave Christy the desires of her heart. But what about you? What are your heart's desires? Now, there are so many things that we want, but really it comes down to either God giving us the desires of our heart or giving him more of ourselves and, and they're just, those desires changes. I know so many times I've wanted something so bad, but as I've sought God, He either will open the door or if it's closed, I'll realize that I didn't need that thing. I always tell myself God loves me completely and He knows the future. So I know that the good things He gives me or the good things He doesn't give me is all part of His perfect will. And I just want to encourage you today to seek God, to delight in Him, and he will give you the desires of your heart and sometimes he will change your heart to meet and to match the desires that he has for you. So let me just pray for you today. Lord, I just thank you so much. And I pray for every listeners here that we, including me, will learn to trust you more, to do good, to dwell in the land, and to enjoy what you have given us. I pray against discontentment, Lord. I know sometimes we can want things, and maybe they're good things, but they're not what you have for us in that season. I pray instead you will give us contentment. I pray that you will help us to cultivate dwellings of peace for ourselves and for others and For your glory, Lord. We just don't cultivate these places just to bring ourselves comfort, but to give you glory. And I pray that as we delight in you, that you will give us the desires of our hearts. And I pray right now, even now that our hearts might be changed if we have the wrong desires if we're desiring the wrong things lord um and then we will seek you in the process i thank you so much that you don't leave us but you cultivate us you don't leave us as we are but you see what we can be and you give us your spirit and you give us um your son and everything will help us to grow into who you desire for us to be i thank you so much lord for being here And just for leading us and guiding us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you were inspired. I hope you will take time today just to cultivate peace and joy in your heart. Um, And I know it's hard to do sometimes, but if we can take time to scroll Facebook and watch Netflix and do all the things, we can take time just to get away with you, God, and cultivate that goodness. Um, Friend, I thank you so much for tuning in. As always, be sure to share it with a friend. Let them know. Connect click them or connect them over to my website, which is just trishagoyer.com. And from there they could find podcasts. And while they're there or you're there, if you click on the podcast, um, you'll see all the guests that I've interviewed. And then you could also find the show notes that will just help you go back and remember your favorite episodes. And again, a place to share them with your friends. So thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you'll have a great week and that you'll be blessed.
1: Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.